Hello, my friends. Spencer Nelson coming at you from the financial capital of the West, Salt Lake City, Utah, with the big fella, Brian Hunsaker. We are going remote today. Brian, how are you doing today? Good, good, Spencer. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We, uh, how did I do on the intro? Brett does so well on the intro. How did I do? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> no, not too bad. <laughs> you gave me a six. Six out of ten. It's uh, not bad. I'll take six it. Point, I'll take six point five. Six point six point five. I appreciate oh. that. Well, it is uh, it is you and I. Brett is out on the road, and so we are handling the podcast today as a Christmas version of the podcast. And uh, I want to talk about a few things for uh, for our listeners and clients looking back the last month. Um, right around Thanksgiving time and, and soon thereafter, the market has gotten a little choppy, Brian. We've had multiple swings, 4 to 5% swings to the downside, back to the upside, to the downside, and most recently to the upside, which, you know, a lot of times can be an uncomfortable ride. We always talk about the opportunities that it creates to go buy some great companies, but want to address some of the things that are on the investors' minds that could be causing these, this choppiness, and more importantly, what does that mean for the future in 2022? And so want to, want to talk through probably the three main things on investors' minds of the last month. Um, number one, Omicron, that I think generally the market, and Brian, I'll allow you to say something on this, the market is generally looking past COVID. Um, but then every once in a while, something flashes up and it's like, oh, do we need to rethink this? And events and investors try to take that into account. And, you know, we had the Delta variant and now we had Omicron that, that for a little while they, they jumped short term to say, OK, is this going to be significantly impact the economy over the next six months, 12 months, something like that? Your thoughts on that, Brian? Yeah, I think uh, it's the uncertainty that investors don't like. They're, they're looking forward and saying, okay, what, how will this impact the economy, as you said, or the businesses and their future profitability? Does that mean another year of reduced earnings because of COVID-related issues, this Omnicrom? And uh, I think there was a period of time where when we first heard the news out of South Africa, about this new variant that, uh, and we didn't know, and, we, and, and to some degree, we still don't know all the details about it, but uh, it does, does look like it's, it's uh, less severe sickness and fewer hospitalizations. And I think that's definitely positive news. The, the bad news or the flip side of this new uh, variant, uh, COVID variant, is it's much more transmissible. They say it's five to seven times more transmissible. So that that investors just looking forward and, and weighing, you know, what what does this mean to their 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 businesses that they own, and does that mean another year of reduced earnings or reduced profitability? And uh, and, and I think that's kind of the reaction that, that investors have taken. I agree, Brian. Um, that's the, the market is looking forward, and Omicron has been a little bit of a variable. Next variable is the political side of things with BBB, Build Back Better, um, Biden's infrastructure plan. They did infrastructure, but this is more of a social infrastructure. And there's been some uncertainty back and forth 
Is Manchin going to support it, give them the votes to be able to pass it? The House did pass it, put the pressure on the Senate, and, uh, and Manchin has most recently come out and said he's not going to support it. But that uncertainty of what that looks like, big influx of capital would have been into the uh, economy, and, and now it looks like it's probably not going to happen. But, but over the last month, it's gone back and forth, and I think that that's impacted the markets as well because of its impact on inflation. That's probably one of the bigger things that the, that the market is looking at is inflation. And what we want to focus, you know, the next few minutes on is just the Fed. The Fed came out with some notes this week. Up until this point, they had viewed the inflation in the economy as transitory, meaning short term that it wasn't going to last. And this most recent uh, Fed meeting, the notes came out and Chairman Powell uh, gave a speech They've kind of changed their tune towards their transitory comments and think inflation is more persistent. But want to talk to you, Brian, kind of unload some of what Powell said and what the Fed is looking at in the economy currently. Yeah, so the Fed has indicated that they're going to stop um, repurchasing their, you know, the bonds out in the open market. And uh, that has a it has an effect of uh, possibly uh, higher rates, you know, and uh, and if that happens, you know, that could be um, uh, that could have an impact on valuations in in, the, in our uh, in valuations on on stocks and, and all asset classes, including real estate. So, yeah, it has a big impact. It's uh, interesting as you look at the ten-year Treasury today; it's still. Uh, pretty muted, about 1.4% uh, in that neighborhood. And uh, it's it's jumped around anywhere between 1.5, 1. I'm not sure if it's been up to 1.6 recently, but it's it's been in this trading range for quite some time. And uh, it's, it's inter- interesting that, uh, you know, based on kind of the direction from the Fed, that we haven't seen a, uh, see the, the 10-year Treasury move dramatically. It's just been pretty stable. Yeah, and, and with that, so interest rates you mentioned, if they stop buying bonds, um, the normal assumption is that, that rates would generally tick up and, uh, and that would have an effect on valuations. And I think with the language coming out from the Fed, I think you've seen some of that impact in the market already. Normally, when we talk about valuations, uh, a price to earnings ratio, um, how much uh, if a company is trading at $100 a share and their earnings are at $5 a share, that means they're trading at a $20 price to earnings. Uh, you know, for, for every $1 of earnings, an investor is willing to pay $20 in stock price. And uh, in the last year, you've seen some asset classes and some stocks um, go into the hundreds of price to earnings or even higher. And, uh, and over the last month, a lot of those risk assets, that's what they would be categorized, whether it be cryptocurrency or some of the stocks that have been trading at two, $300 times earnings, you've seen a compression in that. And, and Brian, maybe speak a little why that is. Yeah, so if interest rates are moving up, and particularly the 10-year treasury, and the reason why the 10-year treasury is so important and why investors pay attention to that is it is a potential um, competitor to other asset classes. 
So, for example, um, if, say, 25 years ago, the 10-year Treasury, I don't know the exact amount, but it was, I know it was north of 5%. Let's say it was, let's just say it was 5%. I think it was more like 6 or 7%. And uh, if, so if you could get risk-free from the U.S. Treasury, a 7% bond is going to pay you that for the next 10 years, 7% every year. Um, investors would and a higher return for equity assets where there, there's risk in those assets, meaning there's not a guarantee from the U.S. Treasury that that's going to be paid. So there's uncertainty. So investors are demand, would demand um basically a lower valuation for an asset class that has risk. And so we're always looking at the 10-year treasury and saying, okay, today we have the 10-year treasury at one point, let's just say 1.5%, I think it's 1.4 something today. And uh, relative, if you look, if you're comparing the 10-year treasury to to stocks, um, stocks actually look pretty attractive. Uh, For example, the S&P 500 is trading approximately around 20 to 23 times forward earnings. And that's going to be about, on an apples-to-apples comparison, about a 4 to between a 4 and a 5% earnings yield. Um, and compare that, and, and of course, over the next decade or so, those earnings historically have grown between 6 and 8%. So in 10 years, you would expect that 6 to 8%, let's say 7%, those earnings would double. Now you have a 10-year treasury you're comparing that to. Now, yes, it's risk-free, but you're never going to get any increase in interest over the next 10 years owning that treasury. You're going to get that 1.5%. It's not going to grow. And then and the, with the backdrop today with inflation at 5 or 6%, um, that makes bonds and fixed-rate assets even less attractive. And, uh, and that's why we're seeing valuations today higher than we've really ever seen. Um, you know, there's been periods of time that where valuations have been higher, but uh, generally we're, you know, we're kind of the upper, upper levels of valuations historically. And, and so as rates tick up on those bonds, they actually become more attractive of an investment. You know, you mentioned one and a half percent today, you know, 1.4 something today. If rates do end up going up, which is what people are projecting, then let's say in a year, if that's at 3%, all of a sudden, 3% is so much more attractive than 1.5%. So they have to be more selective of what equities they're going to be investing in. And traditionally, when rates are going up, a lot of times the overinflated uh, stocks or the, the that, that's probably not the right way to say it. The better way to say it is the really, really high-end PE stocks end up coming down significantly more because investors are more selective. Yeah. If you look at some of our big technology companies, and, and we own some of those, I won't mention by name, but a lot of those are trading at 25 to 30 times earnings. And historically, I probably would have cringed 10 years ago thinking of paying that kind of that multiple on, on, on a stock uh, and uh, maybe 10 or 15 years ago, but 10 or 15 years ago, uh, treasury rates were much higher. And so valuations were much lower. I, I don't cringe as much uh, because I look at the alternatives and I say, gosh, stocks are just a better deal than, than bonds today. But if you're getting 3%, 
So that's like, that's essentially about a 30 multiple. So you're getting about 3% on your money. A 30 multiple is about 3% um, and an earnings yield. And that's just the inverse of the PE multiple. It's just instead of price divided by earnings, it's the earnings divided by the price. And so you're getting about a 3% earnings yield on the price you're paying for a stock. But that stock is growing. I still think stocks look more attractive, even, but I think investors in general will question and, and demand. They, they may not be willing to pay 30 times. It might be 25 times, maybe 20 times. Yeah. The overall market's trading around you know, 20, 20 to 25 times earnings. And uh, that's a 4 to 5% earnings yield. Um, if Again, if rates move higher, you're going to see, I think you'll see asset class valuations and multiples come down. Yeah, and, and you mentioned large tech that maybe are trading at 30 times. I even look, and I've seen significant, you know, compression in valuations with stocks that were trading in, you know, 100 times earnings, 150 times earnings. And some of those tech names that would be more speculative plays, you've seen those prices come down significantly over the last month or two. Um, and, and so it really is about the quality of the earnings. And, and that's what investors, as rates go up, they want to be investing in really quality earnings companies and having a great track record of growth if they're going to risk their money into that instead of just going to the guaranteed 10-year treasury, getting whatever it's yielding. So, yeah, there's, there's, there's those companies that are growing at 20-plus percent a year and, growing, and, and maybe trading at 25 to 30 times earnings. And then there's a whole other level of, of asset class or other businesses out there that are trading at, in my opinion, uh, it's, it's hard to wrap my head around how, you know, the valuations, you know, like you said, some of them are 100 times earnings. Some of them are, you know, 100 times revenue. And uh, or some are not even making any, don't, don't really have any uh, profitability yet. And, uh, and that's where I think you've seen a lot of the valuations come down. And, and there's been a lot of momentum investors and, and I think inexperienced investors that have kind of gotten in the market the last two years because of COVID and Robin Hood and other factors and, and people have been sitting around bored and saying, Oh, I guess I'll trade Bitcoin or, you know, get on my Robin Hood or something, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, yep. and uh, there's just, I think there's a lot of young inexperienced investors that are just looking at this more as a game and, uh, and, and trading around it and trading around in and out of these stocks and, and having fun. And we've seen that some of the froth come out recently um, on some of those, those type of companies and some of those stocks. Yep. And, you know, in the short term, nothing matters less than fundamentals. And in the long run, nothing matters more. And especially when we're heading into what many believe is a rising interest rate environment, the quality of those earnings is very, very important. And that, that goes along with the criteria that we have at, at Iron Gate is making sure that we are buying at the right price. And we don't always get it right, but the track record is pretty darn good in, in being patient and buying quality, quality businesses with long-term competitive advantages at the right price. And so to put a bow on it, what does it mean for, for clients and investors is quality. Is, is how important those quality earnings and the ability to grow them is in the current environment looking forward to 2022. And, and we feel very good about the portfolio that we currently hold in the companies that are in them. So 
We want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and uh, look forward, looking forward to, uh, to another good year in 2022. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. Merry Christmas. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.